What's up, y'all? Welcome to the SOS Podcast, and today we're talking basketball. And what a time to be alive. Man, Steph Curry, 50 points on Sunday in a Game 7 win, and then Harden, 45 points yesterday without Embiid. My two favorite players just went off back-to-back nights, and today I get to see Lakers versus Warriors. This is too much to digest. Let's just get into it. So before we talk about tonight, let's just quickly recap the last round. Uh, Steph Curry probably had one of his most defining games ever to come back after such a terrible blowout loss at home and win on the road in a game seven, especially when your team has such a dog shit record on the road. I think it's like 13 and 30 something. I don't even know. It's really terrible and to basically just carry your team on your back and after the reports kind of talked about Seth Curry and how he had a speech and Andrew Wiggins was like that speech gave me chills and it was just crazy to see Curry well not crazy more so it's much expected but it's it's also like a really good feeling to see Curry in that position as a leader and just leading his team to beat the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Sacramento definitely had a great season. I definitely wouldn't say it was a loss of a season. First time they made the playoffs in I don't know how long. And on top of that, they took the reigning champions to seven games. And they could have even won. I think De'Aaron Fox's finger injury actually came to bite them more than some people would think. Uh, he just didn't look like himself those last two games, especially that last game. I, I said so before too. I think I had a feeling that finger injury was going to be bothering him more than it looked. He he definitely wasn't shooting the ball lights out like he usually does. But man, to see my favorite player Steph Curry to just leave it all out there on the court and will his way to victory, hitting tough shot after tough shot, like oh my god, whether it was uh, driving or a three-point shot or even like a mid-range like they the Sacramento Kings did not make it easy unfortunately for the rest of the Golden State team they were not performing the only three people I would say came to play is Steph of course Kavon Looney oh my god Kavon Looney wow he had three 20 uh, rebound games and the rest of the league combined in the playoffs only have two 20 rebound games so he's definitely one of the most underpaid centers in the league. So good for him. And also, yeah, the amount of offensive rebounds, especially in that third quarter that he was just grabbing. Like, it's like it's like it was coming to him. Like, whenever they shoot the ball, it's almost like Kavon Looney was a magnet for the ball and he just always get the rebound. It was crazy. So shout out him. And I think Draymond was playing pretty good too. He, because you never expect Draymond to go off for points, but he was doing his thing uh, with assists and on defense, and overall, he's just playing how Draymond plays. Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole couldn't get going. Andrew Wiggins played amazing in the first half, but at the second half, he went really, really, uh, what's the word? He went really, really stale. Uh, he just, he just kept missing, and he even missed two free throws in a row. Steph missed two free throws in a row too. Actually, that was crazy, but. To see Andrew Wiggins just brick two free throws in a row, like, I felt so bad for Kavon Looney. Kavon Looney would get an offensive board, give it to Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins bricks it. 
then Kavon Looney would get it again, give it to Andrew Wiggins, then he bricks it again, then Kavon Looney get another offensive board, then Andrew Wiggins would go and get fouled, and then he misses both free throws. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened during one of the plays. That was insane. Steph himself, I think Steve Kerr did a really good job subbing him out when he did, really pacing him. You could tell that he was going to be playing a lot of minutes right from the get-go, and Steve Kerr, in a timeout, even said he'd call another timeout just to give Steph rest. That's how important Steph was to this game. And I was honestly so surprised that it ended in a blowout. I thought the Sacramento Kings would at least keep it close. But I think that's what I'm saying, like Draymond Green. And in general, like the Warriors and Steve Kerr, they did a really good job uh, locking up Malik Monk. Malik Monk just couldn't get it going. And as for Trey Lyles and the rest of them, they also kind of uh, started getting cold in the second half. I think uh, I was surprised that Davion Mitchell didn't get as many minutes. He was doing a, not a solid job, but he's doing his best to guard Curry. So it was interesting that they went with uh, just Terrence Davis guarding him. And, and um, uh, Trey... Was, was Trey Lyles and Trey Lyles I think that's his name he was also guarding him the rookie overall that was probably the best Steph performance you've ever seen in the playoffs and I'm so grateful that I got to see it live well not like live as in I was there but I got to see it live from home and it's it's good it's good to see your favorite player go off it's good to see someone like Steph who's not really known to be uh, aggressive to kind of tell his teammates like if you're emotional just stay at home like just you can rely on me guys I'm gonna carry and to just live up to his words and that's how you know like he's one of the greatest to ever do it and speaking of a couple other players that are also some of the greatest to ever do it I just want to quickly touch on the Suns and Nuggets I had a feeling that the Nuggets were gonna win I didn't think they'd be up to oh I think that the Nuggets can definitely win in five, maybe even six. Now that Chris Paul's out, maybe even four. But like I said, the thing, the problem with the Suns is that they're just way too shallow of a team. One injury can just send them spiraling. They really traded role players and key pieces. I feel like nowadays people are underrating role players and they think they can just win championships with two to three star players. That's not how it works. You need a bench. You need to give your star players rest. You need good chemistry, all that stuff. And the Suns are just paying for it, just like the Nets did last year. The Nuggets themselves are a really good team. Jokic is playing out of his mind. He just sees the game so differently. And he will catch guys that are cutting that sometimes aren't even ready for the ball bro i swear like the way he sees the game is just it's it's hard to even imagine and put myself in his place he's so good so fun to watch so entertaining the rest of his team got a lot better than last year too kcp with the highest three-point percentage in the league one of the highest three-point percentages in the league jamal murray even though he had a bad game yesterday he's coming back from injury he's hopping back um the first game, uh, he was going hard, and then I think uh, I said it before. I'll say it again. Playoff Jamal Murray is a thing. It's it's not as great as playoff Butler, but it is a thing. He does perform in the playoffs. Yeah, he had a bad game, but I'm sure he's going to bounce back. He's definitely the type of player to do so. Aaron Gordon also having a breakout season. Michael Porter Jr. There's not one shot that Michael Porter Jr. does not like. He is pulling that as soon as he touches the ball. 
and that's not necessarily a bad thing so good for the Nuggets they're definitely a much better team than last year so there's no excuses anymore for why Jokic can't make the finals however I don't have the Nuggets coming out the west I'm sorry so let's move on to kind of what everyone's talking about the greatest matchup of the playoffs maybe probably happening in the second round the real western conference finals because i think one of these teams are going to be the ones that make the finals the lakers and the warriors but before i even talk about them i actually still want to talk about yesterday and <laughs> yeah i forgot i'm just getting so ahead of myself i'm getting so excited for this i i just really want to talk about james harden going hard if you guys have been listening to my podcast you know that right behind Steph Curry, my second favorite player in the league right now, is James Harden. And I've actually liked James Harden a lot more in the recent years. Some people, like, they used to like him in Houston. They don't like him as much anymore. I, I'm kind of the opposite. In Houston, I'm like, yeah, Harden's cool. I like Harden. That CP3 Harden run uh, on the Rockets was sick. I'm like, I always supported him. But when he went to the Nets, that's when I, like, really started liking him a lot, surprisingly. I know, like, everyone's like, oh, he's fat, yeah, yeah. Bro, the way he was playmaking and the way he gets assists is crazy entertaining. I, I love it. I love watching it. And especially now on the 76ers, I was rooting for Harden this whole entire year because he's somehow become underrated. Imagine, like, the league leader in assists is underrated. He's averaging, like, 20 and 10, and still people... Someone said he's a role player. Like, who said that? And the ESPN panel were, like, laughing at the fact that Harden could have a good game. Just laughing at the fact. So he had a lot to prove yesterday. He was definitely playing with the chip on his shoulder. And he just proved the haters wrong. Oh my god, he went off. It's crazy to think that the Celtics actually played amazing yesterday. Literally amazing. They were shooting... One second, let me just pull it up. The Celtics were shooting from the field, 58% from the field, 94% from three, and 38% from, sorry, 94% from the free throw and 38% from three. That is crazy. And they still lost because James Harden was in his bag. Shout out Tyrese Maxey too. He did amazing. And also shout out Paul Reed. Uh, there is a bet that I made that Paul Reed would get 13 rebounds or more, and he got exactly 13 rebounds. So he made me some money. And he really stepped up with those clutch free throws at the end, four in a row. Good for him. But, yo, that James Harden um, three-point shot to end, uh, to end the game, the game winner was, wow. Uh, Marcus Smart kind of fumbled it in that last play, too. He... He was, I don't know, he tried to like chuck up a shot and then last minute maybe pass it Tatum. I don't know, that was a weird-ass play. Marcus Smart is kind of a shot chucker. I wouldn't personally put him at the end of a game. I'd rather prefer uh, Brogdon or Derek White on, but they are okay yesterday. They weren't really feeling it. Uh, speaking of like shot chuckers, there's just a report that the Memphis Grizzlies, under no circumstances, will re-sign DeLon Brooks. Uh, I was never a huge DeLon Brooks fan. He's kind of just a hater and he just wanted to play the villain and then complained that the media portrayed him as a villain, which is weird. And he complained a lot for someone who wasn't really that good. But 
Memphis is pretty disrespectful with the under no circumstances. <laughs> like, damn, just say they're not going to resign him. Like, under no circumstances is pretty wild. But yeah, Philly Celtics. I still have Philly winning. I'm sorry. I put money on Philly a long time ago to win it all. So I'm, I'm probably, I have to root for Philly. And I'm okay with that now, especially considering Joel Embiid's going to win MVP tonight. And hopefully he comes back game two, you know, with that little MVP high and just dominates. Now we can finally move on to Warriors and Lakers. Okay. All right. I just remembered I forgot to talk about the Knicks Heat series. My bad. Okay, but forget it. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Lakers, Warriors. Let's do it right now. LeBron versus Steph, Lakers and Warriors is officially happening. Some call LeBron Steph's kryptonite. Some say Steph has a winning record against LeBron. There's a lot on the line in terms of legacy, rivalry, even camaraderie. And as a fan, this might be the greatest series of the year regardless of who wins. They're very similar teams in terms of how they play, yet also very different. One is heavily reliant on the backcourt, the Golden State Warriors, and one is heavily reliant on their frontcourt, the Lakers. When it comes to great frontcourts versus great backcourts, usually the great frontcourts win because The big men can bring more to the game defensively than the guards can. But that isn't always the case. And I think if there's going to be an upset, it'll be now more than ever. But nothing is set in stone. So here are keys for both teams to win the series. So for the Lakers to win, there are a couple key players that need to step up their game and play huge vital roles. Let's start off with the most obvious, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has to take the reins offensively. We know he's done it defensively in the last series and he was going hard. Offensively, he was playing really good, but not at the level that we need Anthony Davis to be because we all know how he is and what he's capable of. Then let's move on to LeBron. LeBron just really needs to focus on pacing himself, not getting tired, not getting into any injury problems and just playing his game the way he usually plays. Then there's two players. No, maybe three players. The, 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 okay, two players are kind of like one player. It's D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves, either or. One of those guys have to step up in terms of uh, just being a backcourt presence. Uh, maybe some nights will be Austin Reeves. Maybe some nights will be D'Angelo Russell, but one of those guys will have to step it up every single game. And even um, even off the bench, Rihachimura, you can include with these guys too. Because, you know, he has his nights and he's a great heat check guy that uh, the coach can just sub in. But there's one more player and this player might just have to play the most vital role among everyone. And that's Jared Vanderbilt. You see, Vanderbilt will more than likely be guarding Curry. It's almost certain that he's going to be guarding Curry, let's be honest. So that's a monumentous task to ask someone to do. To run around with Curry, to stick with him, with the 
with the Kings, they had Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis, and Trey Lyles take turns guarding Curry because they just be getting exhausted and they just be getting burned out almost every single play. And I know Jared Vanderbilt was struggling a little with John Moran, but hopefully he can really bring his A game on defense to maybe not lock Curry down. No one really expects him to lock Curry down, but just stay with him and make Curry work for every single bucket. Now on the flip side, the Warriors need Kavon Looney to do kind of what Jared Vanderbilt's doing, but with Anthony Davis. Now no one expects Kavon Looney to lock up Anthony Davis. Not even Triple J, the Defensive Player of the Year, could lock up Anthony Davis. But hopefully he can be physical enough to really wear him down and make him tired. That is a very, very key factor. Kavon Looney, his defense, all he really has to do is just keep playing the way he's playing. Of course, comparing Sabonis to AD and LeBron, not to mention the centers that they have in rotation, it's it's tough because the Lakers definitely have a lot more big men than Kings. So the question really comes down to can Draymond and Looney guard the Lakers big men? Are they enough to maybe not hold down, but to at least make it hard for AD and LeBron? As for everyone else on the Warriors, we know Curry's going to do his thing as long as Curry stays healthy and consistent and paces himself as well because he also is an older player he'll be fine but it really comes down to whether Poole, Wiggins and of course Clay Thompson are hitting their shots see with the Kings the lack of experience the lack of veterans and the inconsistencies Golden State got away with the fact that only Curry was scoring, basically. The Lakers aren't the same. The Lakers are definitely going to be punishing the Warriors if Klay Thompson and Wiggins and especially Poole are just breaking. The other guys on the bench, the only other relevant person I can see is Peyton, who hopefully can you know, shut down Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. Like I said, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell need to play huge for the Lakers. And on the flip side, someone like Gary Payne really needs to shut them down before they make those electric, like, crowd and, you know, those crowd-defining plays that really gets everyone going and gives everyone a burst of energy. That's real. That does happen. Now, overall, I think the Lakers are a better team. I low-key also think LeBron is Curry's kryptonite. Everyone says like Curry has a winning record against LeBron, but of course two of them was with were with KD. Or was it three? Two or three of them were with KD, right? And on top of that, no one is even talking about the play-in game from two years ago. That was the last time they faced off in like... Well, it wasn't a series, it was a game, but that was the last time they faced off in a very important game, right? And LeBron had the last lap, so it's it's definitely going to be interesting. But overall, I think I have Warriors in seven. That's just me, though, you know. Seth's my favorite player, and I could be wrong. Like, maybe the Lakers would win. I don't know. I'm not, like, some psychic. But one thing I'm happy about is as a fan, we get to see 
some great games this these upcoming weeks man it's it's gonna be so exciting to see these two go at it for what might even be the final time because they're both at stages in their career where they might not never they may never be the same so we should celebrate the fact that we get to see these two go at it with no injuries no excuses and yeah um let's be honest we're all just in for a legendary series so let's show some appreciation for two of the greatest to ever do it and let's try to leave the toxicity aside i mean i know as nba fans they because of twitter because of stat muse also it's interesting i never liked stat muse because i always thought stat muse promoted all this twitter toxicity and it would always like post these stats that are clearly selling a narrative and now that they they're charging like $20 a month like people are boycotting it so shout out everyone for boycotting stat news but yeah let's try to keep the toxicity at a minimum you got to remember that this is 20th season lebron you know shout out lebron for still having expectations of 2014-15 lebron even though this is 2023 lebron and also this is Steph kind of extending his prime not exactly in his prime either so to see these two go at it it's it's just gonna be so toxic on twitter man i just really hope people listen to this and just take my advice and just enjoy all right final series nicks and heat Someone commented on my YouTube video and said, can Jimmy Butler be this consistent for the entire playoffs? Shout out you, because that's the only comment I got. I'm not gonna act like, <laughs> I'm not gonna act like I, I do more than like 100 views. <laughs> so shout out you for commenting. Um, but I did reply to him and I said that I doubt it. Um, I basically, I don't, I don't remember what I said, but I basically said, I doubt it. I think the aggressive style of play and the excessive amount of minutes is going to catch up to him and lo and behold the next day he got injured while playing against the Knicks it sucks but that's just how it goes sometimes man hopefully Jimmy Butler can come back I still think the Knicks actually might win I'm not gonna lie it's interesting because I think that whoever wins Golden State and Lakers are going to go to the finals. And I think whoever wins Celtics and 76ers are probably going to the finals. I don't see the Knicks or the Heat going to the finals at all, to be honest. Or the Nuggets and the Suns. But, you know, I've been wrong before. I could be wrong again. But I'm not afraid to voice my opinions. I don't think that the Heat have it in them to beat the Knicks in a seven-game series. I think, especially with Jimmy injured... I don't think anyone can step up. Tyler Hero is still not playing. Bam, I don't see him as a crazy scorer. And I'm, I think it was Struess that was, that's was that been going off, if I'm correct. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be enough either. So I think Jalen Brunson, who kind of had a little off game last uh, the last time they played, I think he's going to go hard. I think Julius Randle will play all right. And I think the rest of the bench will do their thing. So I got Knicks in, I got Knicks in six, actually. So we'll see what happens there. All right, I'm going to end it right there. 
It was a good little rant, and I'm excited, so, so excited to see the series tonight. Joel Embiid MVP, hopefully, too. It will be great. Um, if there's any audio problems or video problems, if you're watching this on TikTok or YouTube, I don't know. Um, I apologize. I'm kind of self-learning how to do audio and video editing. I think I'm getting better with every single episode, so hopefully I'll get to a point where I can make AAA quality stuff. But until then, I'm sorry. Just bear with me. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Abedengra. I'll catch y'all later.